Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Marriott's on the move. What? Marriott's on the move. Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the move. If you're dreaming about moving to a new city to pursue the life of your dreams, this podcast is for you. Moving 18 times in 23 years to five of America's top cities, I know it's not easy to make those decisions alone. I help you develop the dream, the plan, and the move, even if we need to get scrappy to get you there. I'll be doing interviews, career and city spotlights, and sharing my crazy moving stories, tips, tricks, and scams to avoid. Traveling to explore your dreams has never been easier. Now let's get moving. Welcome to the show, everyone. It is a new year, which usually means a new career, and I am super excited to bring back my friend and author of the book, Unsealing Your Career, Dr. Natalie Luke. Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. She has a very extensive background. So this is the book. If you're watching me on the YouTube channel, awesome book, takes you a lot through, um, Gosh, just how to up-level, just in general, build confidence. I loved the book, but we're going to talk about how she has this as a companion guide for a digital course that she's got going on um, that she's soon to be releasing, and I'm super excited about that. Um, But Natalie has a really interesting journey. Um, She has gotten everything. She started as a high school teacher, kind of worked her way up through getting her PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology and cell biology and biophysics. There's just like a lot of really, really smart things that I did not study in college. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But she has taken that journey alongside of her mother's journey, who went from um, being a mom and running a grocery store to pivoting like in her what at 50 or something 30, uh, yeah. oh 30 <laughs> <way younger. laughs> but still to go to medical school and become a doctor after you've just ra- you know started raising children and all that stuff just so inspirational um so i want to talk about all those things but um Gosh, I know Natalie because, and I know everybody's uh, probably sick of hearing me talk about our accountability pod because I think it's so important and you guys have been so uh, detrimental to my journey of this podcast of, you know, like all the things that I'm doing aside, even leveling up at my own job. Um, But Natalie is one of three women that I meet with every single Sunday and I just love the friendship and the bond and the accountability we bring to each other. Um, I feel like we know a lot more about each other than probably some of our close friends, <laughs> just because we've talked about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Natalie, I'm so glad to have you back. I think that that last episode, um, if you haven't listened to the season one episode that we did, please go back and listen to it. Um, cause we're going to talk about a lot of different things today, but you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about in, in 
primarily because, you know, you have such a great chapter in the book about getting your confidence back once you are either leveling up or, you know, you're in the face of rejection. And, um, you know, it is a new year and a lot of companies in the tech industry, a lot of different industries in the new year, they'll look at their numbers if they're a publicly traded company mm-hmm. and they'll do layoffs. And, you know, as of this recording, um, even just in the last couple of weeks, I've heard of some big major players that you guys all know and use um, doing huge layoffs. And I think that is such a hit to the ego. And even if you don't like the job, um, I can tell a story, but I I do want to talk a little bit about that because, you know, some of the things that you have gone through in your career, um, it's just such an interesting path and an interesting journey. So maybe we should start there and talk a little bit about kind of what your journey has been because you've dealt with so much and and you've got one of those like big jobs. Um, It took a lot to get there and you've, you've dealt with bullies, you've dealt with the whole nine. So Why don't you talk a little bit about kind of your journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so um, I started my career out as a high school teacher, as you had said, Um, and I didn't get my my job straight out of college. You know, I had all these aspirations and straight out of college, I couldn't get a job because I was not a college uh, uh, football coach or a wrestler. I was going to teach science and the openings were it science teacher slash wrestling coach. And that's not me. (laughs) I I could muscle through that, but I don't really want to. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and in one interview, I'm like, Hey, I could read a book and learn. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, so I ended up uh, sub- substituting teaching for a year. And then once I got my my full-time job, I did not enjoy it. I did not enjoy teaching after going right. through this. Yeah. Um, and, about- and I realized I love science. So that's why I ended up going in to get a PhD in molecular biology. That is such a shift, right? You go from like wanting to teach to then again going back through a ton of school. Right. And, you know, it was interesting because I went straight into the PhD program from a bachelor's degree and my bachelor's degree was in education, not science. I took the oh wow basic courses. And what's even worse is that when you're in the, at that point in, in um, the way the program worked is that each course you took two years, two years of courses. And the other students in the course had a master's in molecular biology already, or even had oh, wow. an MD degree. And they were from America, they were from China, they were from England, from Romania, they were from all over the world coming to this program. Wow. And um, if you, if your score on your test wasn't at least one standard deviation away from the top, you got an, you, you were kicked out. Oh my gosh. That's so much pressure. But like, were you really good at science in like in your undergrad or like what? what I was made- really good at learning. Okay. Oh, that's interesting, I, an interesting perspective. Yeah. And so I told myself, you know, the human brain has to hear something six times before it remembers it. 
And so I was going to go through all the coursework six <laughs> times before each test. Um, and That's um, like drive and determination right there. Well, I was pretty certain that if I went back to teaching, I was going to get shot. Um, yeah, Columbine had happened um, at like my freshman year uh, or my first year of graduate school. And I was like, if I go back, I know I will get shot. You know, I had already taken guns and knives away from kids. I was certain Wow. I would fly in front of a bullet in a second to save someone. And, and now it's it so was, much more common even than it was yeah. back then. Yes. Wow. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And by the end of the first year, um, I was actually the only American remaining. Wow. Yeah. Do you, I mean, second year, I was setting the curve. Wow. And I think that taking a step back, like people often go into these careers because it's what they know. And it's, it's like that confidence that you lack, like I can learn this, you know, if if you really want to do something, you can figure it out, you know, and like that drive and determination. I mean, a lot of times it comes from confidence, but if you're confident in the fact that like you can study six times for the same thing and like pick it up and grasp it. That's a huge, that's huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's how you make your pivots. And it, and it was, it's really so important to, you know, um, say you are laid off and you took a hit to your, you know, you've taken a hit or maybe you're even working with a bully boss and Mm. you're taking a hit on a daily basis. Or you may not be bullied by the boss. You're bullied by somebody else in your organization. Maybe you are the boss and you're being bullied by somebody underneath you. Who knows? Right. You're taking a hit. And so taking a step back at that moment, not taking in the negativity, like there was a piece of me that believed I was not that sharp or that smart, but I didn't let that really like soak in and take a hold of me and take root. I was like, no, I can do this. I'm going to, I'm scared, but I'm going to keep doing it anyway. My mom did the same thing, you know, and she showed by example what the output could be as a result. And even um, when I look at how my mom influenced my life, I think to myself how much more I can influence others by following her example. Yeah. There was a quote that I heard once that said, doubt kills more dreams than fear. Wait, was it? Yeah. Doubt kills more dreams than fear ever will. You know, like you can be afraid of it, but just keep going. It's like Nemo, like keep swimming, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but it's, but it is, it's true. Like once you start getting a little bit of confidences, like you knew what your why was, your why and pushing and getting harder um, get you know, studying more was you wanted to be in the science field. You wanted to study and you wanted to do that, but you, that was the only way you could do it. And you just had to plow through like competing with, you know, master students who have already been studying this for years. That had to be quite intimidating. It was, I I don't, um, there was this thing, there's a, a, a thing in, in DNA called a palindromic sequence and where the uh, letters going in one direction are the same as the letter going in the other. I didn't know what a palindromic sequence was. <laughs> I never I heard of that it in my life. And people were like, what? <laughs> They're like, check out this one. <laughs> yeah. 
But I will say like one of the things I loved in the book, and we've talked about this, um, is the fact that you, you, you put in here performing a retrospective, <clears throat> sorry, I like just swallowed wrong. <laughs> that was a real life human moment there. It was like <laughs> choking. Um, but like performing that retrospective studying study on yourself, like that's how you gain confidence. Like you could probably ask yourself like, well, what have I had to learn before? I mean, think about it. We all like, didn't, we all crawled before we walked, right? You oh. fell down quite a few times, but eventually you learned how to do it. You saw other people around you doing, it. you're like, I got this. And then you did it. And now you don't even think about walking, you know, or talking and all that stuff. But um, how do you go about performing? Cause Again, going back to like if somebody's just been laid off or and I, I do want you to tell some of your bully stories because it's, you know, that's important, too, because, you know, sometimes you bring that into a next job with you. But how do you gain that confidence that, you know, I was just rejected or, you know, I've applied to six jobs, none of them that I'm really super passionate or excited about, um, but I didn't get any of them. So, you know, what does that say about me? Like, how do you perform that retrospective? analysis of like where you have been successful to kind of figure out what you would be good at and what you would want to do and what you can thrive in. Boom. Play it. Have you ever listened to a commercial on the radio or a podcast and thought I could totally do that? Well, I am challenging you today. Being a voiceover artist is an amazing side hustle that can be done from the comforts of your own home. Heck, it can be an amazing career. Just ask Jesse Carroll. Jesse's got over a thousand voiceover credits to his name. Ever watch Backroad Truckers? He's the narrator. He's also done a ton of commercials for brands you would definitely recognize. If you're ready to try your hand at voiceovers, go to marriottsonthemove.com and head to my favorites page to learn more about his new digital course and coaching package. If you use code MOTM, you'll get 20% off at checkout. Micah Birch is here. I just wanted to drop in for a second and let you guys know that we are rebranding my podcast. We've got a new name, My Doula Micah, my birth, my baby, my life. And we are super excited about extending the content that we've got going from childbirth to postpartum. Now we're including family and marriage and just kind of your life in these childbearing years and what that looks like and maybe give some helpful tips and wisdom. I mean, you know, I'm 51. I got six kids. I think I can help you guys with some stuff. There will still be local interviews, of course. And I'm also expanding now to have including more nationwide interviews. We even have somebody from Canada and Australia. So I'm super excited about this process and what we've got in store for y'all. So join us. So the first thing that you would do the first step is to think about a success that you had, that you, okay. that you were super smart or, or proud of. Okay. And that you've, you um, knew you had to, just that you were proud of, period. Mm -hmm. And you write that down and write down like five of them and okay. pick the top one that you were the most proud of. And then um, when we write retrospective papers, a retrospective is always looking back, okay. looking at back at what it was that you did. 
and so um and and um the role you know i had i'm like you i have multiple passions and i'm in a role right now where we're writing papers we write all kinds of papers on clinical data mm -hmm. um in fact this year or in 2023 we published 12 papers wow. most universities a professor will do two in a year we did 12 in one year wow it was a lot <laughs> yeah um, but the first thing that you would do, what we do when we write the papers is um, we generate data tables. So what you would do is you'd say, okay, here's the results of what it was that I did. I gained um, maybe this much business or I finished this project and this project looked like this. You just describe what the results were. That's the first thing you do. Then the second thing you do is you say, okay, what methods did I do or did I use or that I executed to generate those results? Okay. That's, that's the next thing. And then after that, you discuss it. What did it mean to the company? What did it mean to me? What it did, what did it mean to other people within the organization? Yeah. And you describe that. And then you go to the introduction. You do the introduction last. And in the introduction, you talk about the big picture, why it was important to do the project in the first place. You just froze for a second. Okay. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it probably um, didn't on my end. <laughs> okay. And so basically in the introduction, you talk about why, why you had to do it in, in the first place. What made it, what would it, how would it be difficult to actually do the project and what would you have to overcome? And then there you go. You have your retrospective analysis right there. Wow. And, and you can tell you have a really good story to tell a recruiter when you have, you know, started applying for jobs. Cause I think that's half the battle is like, if you can really give yourself like the retrospective analysis, if you can take that and then say, like, apply it to a new job, you know, taking some of the description that they have in that new job and say, like, this is why I'd be good at X, Y, Z, because in my last job, this is what I did. This is what it meant to the company. Here are the data points that I use. This is the method that I used to get there. And like, you know, what I did, what, you know, what the response mm -hmm. was. I mean, all of that stuff not only can help you build your confidence, but it, it builds, it builds stories and like people, yeah. people hire people they like. I hate to say that. And it's, you know, they don't always hire the most qualified. They, they hire the people that one can tell a good story about themselves. And I can say this cause I was a recruiter because you know, most, most jobs want you to understand what you're going to be doing and apply your comp, your successes in the past and help them catapult to a new level right that's why they bring outside people in so yeah and they're they're looking for i did this i did that not we did this we right. did that was like what is your part in this but we're the worst at like bragging about ourselves like why <laughs> is that is there any like science behind that like that's that always irks me i know i think it's um 
society and you know what we think that other people want to hear but we need to brag about ourselves and i think that's women in particular too yes. i mean i will i can honestly say i mean i was a recruiter for several years um at my full-time job and i and it it really was you know I did this a lot on the male side said I did this. And a lot of the females said we did. And, and I would correct them and I'd say, well, who was involved in that? And they'd be like, well, it, it was me. And I'd be like, but say that then, you know, like, yes. I mean, and that was 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. And so we're still, you know, sometimes apologizing for our success. I wear, um, I went to the Rachel Hollis, uh, rise conference in, in Jan, uh, gosh, was, I think it was January, 2023. Cause the world shut down or, January of 2020, because the world shut down in, in March. And one of the things that she always talks about is like, stop apologizing, stop apologizing for your success, for your boundaries, for saying no, for, you know, stop apologizing. And, um, I literally wear a necklace that I bought at that conference because I was guilty of it. I always, I'm in the insights. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's like a personality test. I'm a huge yellow and yellow is like, I want everybody to be involved. And then there's like blue is data focused. Green is like maternal paternal. Mm -hmm. And then red is just your like, people have to talk to you in bullet points because you just don't, you're mad all the time. <laughs> but like, I wear a necklace that says not sorry, because I realize like, I apologize for my success. I apologize for my hard work. I apologize for my drive and why, right? I'm the one doing all the work, right? Yeah. So and your I, necklace I, doesn't say, sorry, not sorry. It says, I'm it just not says sorry. I also have the hat, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think that's really true. I think that, um, you know, the more, I think if we can really come up with a good analysis and like in retrospect, mm -hmm of what we did bring to the organization, you're right, that does build confidence. And if you get two or three of those stories, mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's a pattern. I have brought good data. I have had successes that I'm proud of. I ha and, and I'm pretty sure in science, like patterns are a good thing, right? It tells you- Exactly. Right, it gives you a- predict an outcome. Yes, it predicts an outcome, exactly. So, I mean, I think that that's really pivotal too, because given the culture, given the economy, given what's happening out in the world right now, there's no reason to stay stuck in a job that you don't like, right? And we do that out of loyalty. You know, there's a lot of people that I know that are way underpaid, um, but they stay, you know, for the culture or they stay because, you know, they've been there for 15 years and it's all they know. And, you know, what if they go to a new job and they ask more of them? And I'm like, oh my gosh, then they do ask more and it's probably because you're capable of it. Yeah. But I want to talk about your digital course because I did love the book. And I wasn't looking for a job at the time. I'm still not looking for a job. So if my boss is listening, I'm not looking for a job. Um, but I, I want to know more about the digital course because I know you take it, you take it a lot further than the book does. Like there are things in the book to think about, but I know in your digital course, um, in the short, you know, time we've talked about it, cause that's going to be launched soon. Right. Or has it, it launched? Yeah. Okay. It is it is, oh, it is live now. Okay, good. That's exciting. Um, I will have a link on my website under my favorite things because I want everybody to level up. Right. So 
in moving, it's really important. And in the next couple uh, episodes, I'm going to talk a lot about moving for jobs. Like this whole beginning of the year series is going to be around leveling up our jobs, relocating for jobs. I have um, the owner of a staffing company coming on to talk about negotiating your worth. And really, because that's another big thing too, that people always, um, you know, I have a friend that did not negotiate hard enough because you know, she just, she, it was her dream job and she just wanted to get in and, and then she did get in and overheard some people talking about their salaries and it was much less than hers. And then she felt shafted, right? So we're going to talk about all of that because it, it does have a lot to do with moving if you're moving across country for a role. And I think that there's a direct co correlation to being happy in your job mm -hmm. and being happy in where you are in life and being happy in your home. So, um, so tell us a little bit more about the digital course. And then I want to get in a little bit about dealing with bullies because sometimes that's why people stay as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah. So the digital course, um, as you said, goes further than the book. And plus we going along with the empowerment, um, pod that we had or the accountability, um, group, what we do in this course, first of all, is give you the information that you need to really get to that next level. Plus, there's worksheets and, and that sort of thing for you to go through. Um, we also put you through a few coaches. One is a coach on building a dream, a dream builder coach. So I think I know who that is. She's going to be on the podcast soon. Yeah. So you get to <laughs> experience that. Um, okay. So going back to your passion, the goal is to find out or to figure out, to really dig, what is your passionate goal? Like for me, um, I can't tell you which I love better, my job that I have now or talking to people about growing their career. Mm. They're a tie. I love what I do. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And so what we want to do is get you to that point where you love what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so that's your design time. But the other thing that we do, in addition to the information and the worksheets and the coaches, is we also put you in with accountability pods. Oh, I love it. I mean, ours has been so valuable. And I think part of it is because we talk about what we're going to do. We, I mean, how many times have I thrown something out like, Hey, do you guys know anything about like something that does this? And you're like, Oh my gosh, yes. Hold on. Here's three different links. I tried all three of them and I like this one, you know, or like Kara does the same thing. And Trish, I just think that it's so incredibly important to have three people who are in the same kind of position that you are talking through like, you know, what you accept, what you don't accept, how to level up, how to take a step back. I mean, there's been times, like I remember I was so overwhelmed. Um, it was before the holidays and Kara's like, okay, let's take a pause. And she's a therapist in her full-time job. She also, she's a dream builder coach. And that's, you know, why I want to have her on the show too. Um, but she was like, what's one thing you can focus on right now? And I was like, all right, I got it. You know? And so like, that's all I did for like two weeks. And I'm so glad I did it because it kind of took all the pressure off of me doing everything else and look and like leveling up, especially in your career, which is like your livelihood. It's your identity for a lot of people. You need that accountability pod to take ownership of your own life. 
mm-hmm. right? Because this is you're the only one that has to sit in that driver's seat. Exactly. So. Exactly. Uh. So um, the program has three phases. The first is the design. The second is building your tools. So that retrospective analysis will take you through it. Will take take you through making your stories. And another thing that women tend to do is they're very perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. And that sorry, you know, the point that you were saying, hey, I don't say sorry. Yeah. We go through how to walk away from that perfectionism. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to start. Yeah. And perfectionism hits us in ways that we wouldn't even think of it. Like even saying, you know, I should, or I should have done this, or I should have <laughs> realized that. Yeah. That's perfectionism. Yeah. So- my, uh, <laughs> my pastor used to say, you need to stop shooting on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And we talk about how, you know, how to get that umbrella out because when you're up leveling yourself, you're taking a risk Mm. and you're going to should on yourself. So how do we get the umbrella out to protect yourself against the should storms? Because should storms are coming. (laughs) I love this. I can't wait to see what the transcript says. my gosh. Well, you know, speaking of should storms, um, let's pivot just a tiny bit. I mean, I know you did a whole series a long time ago on workplace bullies. You were a victim of it yourself. You brought some of that bias into your new company, which cost you, um, you know, maybe some time and some energy. Um, talk about that and how that could up, you know, especially if you want to stay in your job, Talk about how that can impact your career and what you can do about it. Yeah. So um, in in one of the roles that I had, I had encountered a bully. Um, This particular person really tended to um, attack successful young women. Um, Mm. And I let it in. I let it in. I let it impact me, um, make me feel very small. Um, I remember one meeting, we were in the meeting and I would meet with this person um, probably once every two weeks. And this person would have a a list from the last time you said, like, um, I would say I was gonna do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And I remember this one time uh, we were going through the list of things right yeah and there were like 30 things and the the very last thing i did not get to and she this person had a pencil <laughs> really what it's like mean girls it was horrible wow. and i kid you not i started crying and i was like so angry mm-hmm. so angry yeah I had to dismiss myself, but in any case, um, in that particular situation, I had gone to HR, I had gone to my boss and it, it didn't really help because um, this person tended to be that way with a lot of people. So, yeah. so from their perspective, I was not a target. So I had to do a lot of journaling and get away from it but it still got on the inside. It caused Mm -hmm. me to shrink and feel less than I really was. Yeah. Um, And then later on, I ended up going 
moving to another location, literally. Like I moved to New Jersey. Wow. Just um, to avoid that. And, and um, I still feel, felt less than. I felt yeah. horrible about myself. And it wasn't until years later that I realized, like, I didn't need to make that move. I didn't right. need to feel less than. I probably lost a lot of money oh, just yeah. because of feeling small. It impacted my my pocketbook. It impacted my marriage. Like some of these conversations, one conversation that was horrible happened on my our wedding anniversary. I spent oh. dinner complaining about her instead of celebrating our marriage. Wow. It's not good. Um, costs a lot of self-respect. Mm -hmm. And so my first recommendation is one, don't let it on the inside. That's number one. Realize you are not a victim. You are a target. And bullies mm -hmm. love target practice. Yeah. I actually, now that you talk through that. I've actually, I can think of two, two times I was bullied at work. Uh, the first time I actually transferred out of that division. Uh, and it was funny because my best friend loved this person and I, I, she was treated so differently than I was. Um, and the, when you said the pencil drop thing, and the 30 things that you, you know, the 29 things on the list that you did do and the, the 30th you didn't, I, I literally had that moment. And I remember her bringing me into a room and saying like, are you very serious about this job? Tell me what you're going to do next time to, I mean, it was like, wait, are you kidding me? Like, I remember going above and beyond. My numbers were stellar. I had, you know, the best retention of anybody on the team for like two years in a row. And I was like, this is like unwarranted, but I left the department because of it. And I, I went into sales. Um, you know, and the thing is, is that bullies tend to target people that are successful because they have something that bully wants. So they're yeah. going to just take you down a notch. Yeah. And she ended up leaving after that. So it was like, I, I remember feeling like, shoot, I left for nothing. Um, but in hindsight, I'm, I'm glad because I would probably still be in that department. Um, and I, I was able to, you know, move all around the world, not the world, all around the country, felt like the world of um, all around the country in a field sales role. Um, and I, and I got to experience all the things that I talk about on this podcast. So you know, in, in a sense, she did me a favor because I, I doubled my income and I did all that stuff. But I, I do think about that every once in a while, like how I would have, if, if I were me today and she had that conversation with me, how differently that would have gone, you know, because she was my boss. Oh, shoot. I should have said you that. You know, and that <laughs> is um, an interesting point because later on in my career, I got bullied again. This time it wasn't from someone higher up. It was someone that was subordinate of me. That and was my second one. Mine was a peer. So, ah, and, so and someone below you? Bully? Yes. And they were like poisoning my staff. Interesting. Yeah. And um, I recognized it for what it was and decided I, even if she was above me, I would have just had the same reaction like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and I'm not going through this again. So I documented fully everything that happened. I talked to my boss with my documentation. We went to HR together. So we did this together. Yeah. And HR was fantastic. Mm. And they did a thorough review, talked to, to this person, talked to me. And then we ended up having a sit down together. And the number one thing was I was not letting it in. I was not going to take it in. Yeah, I was not taking that negative stuff in. I was standing up for myself, not in a belligerent way, but in a compassionate, self-assured manner. Wow. It's It's incredible how we can all work for the same company and have such different experiences and some companies will do something about it and some some companies won't. And I think that's really important too when you're in a company that if they don't, like, are you really loyal to that company if they're not that loyal to you, right? Right. And that's where um, going back to bullies love target practice, mm-hmm. you got to get away. Yeah. They'll go target somebody else. And a lot of that is projection, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't see it in the mo- in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, the the peer that I had, um, you know, we were it was a, a new territory for me. It started off on a really bad note because I we had a bunch of stuff happen. Um, well, like within the team that wasn't great, and then I just felt like, you know, all my years of experience that I like knew nothing. I was terrible at my job because he was telling me these things. And I was like, wait a second. Like I, I I used to rock this job. Like what's changed. And I just remember thinking like, gosh, am I bad at it? Like, do I not know what I'm doing? Like, I just remember feeling so terrible about myself. Meanwhile, they were dealing with a bunch of stuff, you know, themselves personally. But I think that it, it really is, um, it's really hard when you're in the moment to not, especially if you're kind of an empath, to not take that on and like, you know, say like, what am I doing? Because most people don't recognize it. It's not you, it's them, right? And so if you're sitting here right now listening to this and you feel like you identify with what we're talking about, I know Natalie's got some stuff online on YouTube about it. Um, I'm sure you're going to do more in the future because I think this is really important and there's a ton of narcissists out that there are, you know, narcissism is coming to a head right now. And I love that there's so much out there about how to deal with it because that is definitely a form of control and a definitely a form of narcissism. Um, but I think it is important and you, you hit on it. You moved to New Jersey to get away from somebody. So you spent thousands of dollars, uprooted your family because of one person when you could have probably just changed jobs in that, you know, gone to a new company, you know what it's, I mean? You know, it's even worse. Um, cause my husband, um, he's, it was this, this whole move happened during, um, during a time when the economy wasn't good. Mm. So I lived in an apartment in New Jersey while my husband lived in, in Michigan. So oh, wow. he would come out and see me on the weekends every now and again. Wow. Um, so I missed all that time with my husband. <clears throat> and then in the end, I, I just like, this is not sustainable. So I ended up going back and I had to, there was relocation money, all the money that they spent on the apartment. I had to pay it back. <gasps> you did? I did. Oh, 
See, what a travesty. Yeah. So we did somehow bring this back to moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Oh my gosh. So unfortunate. Well, I mean, all we can do, both of us is, you know, teach the people behind us and light, light the torch and light their way and help them avoid that. Because I think that there's, um, one HR just in general across the country and the laws that, you know, prohibit harassment just across the board, whether it's an age related, sex related, you know, um, there's all kinds of things that are protected. Um, so if you, you know, feel like you're in this position and, and your human resources team is not doing anything about it, there is legal action that you can take. Um, it usually means you leaving the job, but a lot of people are scared to take it, even though it's warranted, right? In, in mm -hmm. many places. And that's sometimes the only way it's going to stop. Um, so I think that, you know, you and I um, telling this story and being open and vulnerable about it, vulnerable, oh my gosh, take two vulnerable about it. I can never yeah. say that word. <laughs> um, but I think that's really important because I think that, you know, a lot of people just take it and you don't have to take it. Right. It's, uh, it's really unfortunate, but the beauty about that is that, you know, maybe that, that means, and I, I try to see the bright side of everything. Sometimes people are put in your path to make you think, you know what? what if I did what I wanted to do? What if I up leveled and left here? Because I am, this is beneath me to deal with this, right? Um, so sometimes it's those little divine detours that put you in a place where you are meant to be. And if you haven't looked for a job in a long time, or you're not even sure what you would do, I feel like your book, your program, you know, watching you on videos and watching you and listening to you on podcasts. I mean, I think this is such an awesome way to start thinking about that. Um, I know it won't happen overnight for most people, but at the same time, you know, if, if you are one of those people that are really determined to find your next, you know, long-term career, you got to build a foundation and you don't want to build it on sand and just do something spontaneously just to get out. Right. Like take the time. And I often think, um, so one of the things that I coach around is acting as if, right. So mm -hmm. you can still work that full-time job, mm -hmm. even though like you hate it, but you have a secret right in the background. You're learning how to find something better. You're learning how to, um, you know, up level wherever you are, you're, you're putting the steps in place to say like, this will never happen to me again. And when the bully comes around, it's going to be a lot easier to deal with them when you have a secret that they don't know, because all of a sudden you're going to start building that confidence up right now. You've got a couple stories that you have come up with and you've got the data points to prove like you are good at your job. And somebody's going to appreciate that. Maybe you're what somebody's praying for right now exactly. to come into their company and like, shame on you if you don't answer their prayers. <laughs> <laughs> you are keeping yourself from the world that could be out there waiting for you to be embraced and uh, and to level you up and to, to lift you up. So um, sometimes, you know, sometimes you just need to pray for the impossible and, and doing something like this makes it possible, right? Exactly. So your digital course. Um, I know I have a link on my website already. I'm glad it's live. That's very exciting. It's called the Unsealing You program. If you cannot wait to get into it and you want to get the book as well, this is a companion guide. So for those on YouTube, um, I'm holding it up as we speak. Um, 
Natalie, I love you so much. I am so grateful for our friendship. And how can people find you? Um, they can find me at um, unsealingyou.com. And then they can find the program on your website. Awesome. I will put all of that in the show notes. Um, you can find her on LinkedIn as well. She's very active on there. I'm going to tag her in a post. So if you are already following me, you will soon hopefully be following her. And Natalie, thank you so much for your time tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, I really love and appreciate you too. Thanks. All right. See you tomorrow. Okay. Well, I could go on forever and ever about moving you closer to your dreams, but I probably should save some thoughts for the next episode. A big thanks goes out to you for making time for me today. In making time for me, you're making time for future you, and we're both grateful. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe to the podcast, download the episodes, and leave me a five-star review. I would really appreciate it. In return, if you go to my website, marriottsonthemove.com, and register for the Monday Mailer, I'll send you a free Fred workbook to get your journey started. This is also where you can find all the show notes and all the ways to get in touch with me. A special thanks goes out to Rogue Media for its wisdom and partnership. Until next time, friends, keep moving forward towards your dreams. Oh, and the legal stuff. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. I am a certified coach, not a licensed therapist, and this is not meant to replace the professional advice of a physician, psychotherapist, or other qualified professionals. This is solely my perspective based on my own experience and training. Okay, now it's over. For reals. Bye for now. This has been a Rogue Media Network 